Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network on Yahoo Sports Radio. Okay, our, our first guest is one of the most decorated offensive linemen in the history of the Washington Redskins. Joe Jacoby was an original hog, playing on three Super Bowl champions, going to four Pro Bowls, and earning a spot on the 1980s NFL All-Decade team. He also was voted one of the 70 greatest Redskins of all time. Not bad for a player who entered the NFL as an undrafted free agent, became a starter in his opening month on the job, and then stayed there for the next 13 years. Joe Jacoby, one of the 25 semifinalists for the Hall of Fame class of 2016. Welcome to the show. Well, good to be here. Okay, Joe, you've been a five-time semifinalist for the Hall without ever reaching the finals. Do you think the enshrinement of fellow hog Russ Grimm in 2010 helped or hurt your cause? Well, I think it's uh, helped. I mean, obviously, I've made it four straight years since he's uh, been enshrined, so there's some uh, help by him getting into the hall. It's just uh, getting over that hump from the semifinals list into the room, as I guess it's been called. And uh, I think with him being there and knowing... Uh, what we did and success we had as a group of offensive linemen has helped my cause here in the last four or five years as far as staying viable on the on the list and getting to this point in the in the voting. You know, statistics, as you know, Joe, are, are such a big part of the Hall of Fame. A lot of these positions, and how frustrating or is it to be a candidate without any visible statistics? I mean, the only time an offensive lineman seems to attract attention is, you know. He makes 61 great blocks, and then he, he allows one sack, and that's all everybody talks about. How do you judge, in your opinion, a great offensive lineman? Well, in my opinion, that's, that's watching games that recently, and the announcers were keeping count of his penalties. <laughs> and I'm thinking, my gosh, uh, as far as what I look at, I think offensive linemen look at as one or overall success of the team and how well we perform, and, and we win in games, and we win in playoff games and championships. And then you look at the quarterback and running back, how successful are their stats and their passing yardage and their touchdown to interception ratio, and running backs. Are they, you know, 1,000, 1,200, 1,500-yard rusher? So there's where offensive linemen, in my opinion, what I took satisfaction in, what, we accomplish and I accomplish in being part of that group and having very successful quarterbacks and running backs who did very well when we were all intact as a group. Joe, can you give us the origin of the nickname Hogs and how much pride did you guys take in that moniker? Well, that came about from our famous offensive line coach, Joe Bugle. And it was uh, our first, first year in the league. And uh, we were a very young group of linemen. Myself, Russ, Mark May were all first-year players. Jeff Bostick was a second-year player. So you have four guys who were relatively inexperienced on the offensive line. And uh, and it was his pet with us at practice. After we get done stretching and stuff, he would uh, yell at the first guys or say, come on, you hogs, let's get down into the pit and hit the sled. So and that was his. <laughs> saying to all of us, and then uh, Joe came up and made these t-shirts that we had to wear. It was like a fraternity, and we had to wear them one day a week during the season, and 
who had didn't wear that shirt that day. There was a, a fine that went into the kitty. And, of course, that money was shared at the end that, that when we all got together and uh, had a party at the end of the season. But uh, Joe was a highly innov- highly motivated individual to bring us together, and uh, he was the ringleader of that group as far as the Hogs and what we did during back in the early and mid-'80s. How instrumental uh, was he? Obviously, it sounds like he was to a great extent to your own development, Joe Bugle, uh, to your own development and, and how your career went. How Joe helped me, Bugs? Yeah, yes. Well, to this day, I still use quite a bit of his coaching and teaching techniques. I used it when I was in the business world as far as the small details. And I was in the car sales. I owned the Chrysler dealership for about 15, 16 years. And training from every department, a salesperson working on you know, their introduction and small little detail and train on that on a weekly basis. And that carried over what I've learned from Joe Bugle along with Coach Gibbs, and but mostly Bugs. And uh, Joe was a stickler for details and small little details. He always called us besides hogs. We were his rockets. And <laughs> the play was calling, the direction it was going, we all didn't step with the right foot. We were doing it for the next 20 to 25 reps and just taking one step. So Joe was a very instrumental as far as that type of technique, but as far as footwork on run blocking, footwork on pass pro, your hand placement and reading defensive linemen. I mean, he helped me immensely on that and what to do on that and training how far as that and giving different techniques and different drills and different things to work with. Uh, you know, much of my, all my success goes to, you know, Joe Bugle as far as what he, he got out of me. Joe, you, you and Russ Grimm were both rookies in 1981 starting alongside each other on the left side of the Washington line. He was a third round pick and you of course were undrafted. How much of a learning experience was that 1981 season for the two of you? each other or with the whole offense just yeah two rookies lining up trying to just make it through the season you know i look back and, and uh, looking and hearing this question and, uh, and thinking about it uh, from the first day russ and i met we hit it off and uh we have been and we're like brothers we've both been at each other's weddings first year in camp when everybody was uh, the, the releases and the cut down days and stuff so the roommate I had was uh, was no longer there, and his was gone. So I moved down to his room, so I figured they couldn't find me down there to <laughs> release me. So, so we, we've been roommates on and off the field. We were roommates two years before he got married, lived in an apartment together. But I, as far as us learning, yeah, it was us knowing the offense and stuff, but when a play was calling the huddle, when I went up, I knew what he was doing because I knew what his his assignment was. And if we were working together, had, there was no calls. If it was calls, we usually called out our wife's name, and we knew what that meant. So it was the it's like a, a brother that I finally met after you know 21 years, and uh, we're friends ever since. And we do things every now and then when we get together now, but uh, you know, you know, 
we're better together than separated, I tell you that. <laughs> uh, you spent your first eight seasons at left tackle, uh, then you moved to the right side. You played against Lawrence Taylor twice a year, Bruce Smith, Fred Dean, Chris Dolman, uh, Charles Haley, some of the greatest pass rushers in history, Hall of Fame players. Was it a matter of thriving over there on the left side or surviving on the left side? Well, you missed a few in there. No, I'm Red sure White. I did. <laughs> Reggie White, Leroy sure. Spellman. You know, I thrived on that. Most guys would run scared. No, yeah. I, I enjoyed that because I was a guy that nobody thought anything of. And it was a challenge to me to play against the best. And I enjoy doing that. I look forward to those matchups. And uh, and I hope the guys I played against look forward to playing against me. I, I enjoy that aspect of going against the best. And that's the way you measure yourself on the football field and the way you measure yourself on life. And uh, taking those challenges. And uh, those were challenges. I mean, with LT, then you know, coming to Reggie White. And the next week you got Chris Doman. And the following week you got... So, I mean, it was a revolving door back then with the, back in the NFC. We're with Hall of Fame semifinalist Joe Jacoby. Joe, of all those guys we talked about, who was the toughest guy to block? Hands down, Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, because of uh, his size, uncanny strong. We knew about his speed. I mean, he was just a man on a mission every time he stepped on the field. His tenacity. I mean, his effort, and uh, that was fun. You knew you weren't going to have any plays off with him, so it made the game pretty pretty exciting. And there were a lot of great battles we had with the Giants back then with that defense that Parcell had with Harry Carson and LT and, the, you know, Leonard Marshall. They had, they had good defense, so it was a, it was a knockdown, drag-out, Heavyweight fight every time we played. It went 15 rounds. Do you remember the first time you played him? And did you, did you did you go back to the huddle after a couple of plays and turn to Grimm and say, "Who's this guy? <laughs> you know, what am I supposed to do against this guy?" <laughs> no, I think we all knew who he was at that point. And uh, what I did, this is where we get back to the other question about Joe Bugle. Joe Bugle and would do drills with me, and I would do pass sets against the wide receivers. No contact. Really? Just yeah. getting used to the speed upfield and me going backwards. And that helped me immensely because, I mean, LT was running, what, four fives, maybe a 4-4. Four four. So you had to gear yourself for that speed, and then, but you can't get over, over on that because then he comes and counters back with his force and uh, his strength coming straight into you. So you had to be pretty balanced and handle him the best way you could. And, it, you know, maybe the technique wasn't 100% right all the time, but the battles went, went on. Joe, we got about a minute left here. You blocked for three different quarterbacks, three different running backs who won Super Bowls. Of the three NFL champs, 82, 87, and 91, which one was the best team? i say all three of them, but I'm going to get to it. 82 is sentimental to me, one, because it's the first one, and second, because it was on my mother's birthday. My mother passed away my rookie year in camp, so that was special to me. 87 because of Super Bowl records in the quarter, the points, and uh, Timmy Smith, the 204 yards rushing, and what Doug did that day. That was just unbelievable football for 15 minutes, 18 plays, 
350-some yards of offense. But I would say the most talented team and probably the best team was 91. We were on a mission, and uh, we accomplished it. And uh, we give up in 19 games, nine sacks. Pretty good for a, a non-mobile quarterback we had, Mark Rippon. So we gave him ample time to throw the football. He was very good at throwing the long ball. Joe, ample time is what we do not have. we got to run, but uh, <laughs> we'd like to thank you for stopping by to visit us and wish you the best of luck in this bid to become a first-time finalist for the Hall of Fame's class of 2016. Well, I appreciate, Joe, we appreciate it. it. Thanks for the time, guys. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Joe. Appreciate it. That was former Washington tackle and Hall of Fame semifinalist Joe Jacoby. When we return, we'll talk to St. Louis running back and offensive rookie of the year candidate Todd Gurley. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. 